Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. We took a little bit of a break over the summer because our team at Clayton King Ministries has been running our annual Crossroads Summer Camp. So that means we've spent six straight weeks this summer serving students by helping them feel loved and sharing the gospel. This year, we celebrated 26 years of doing summer camp. We served over 87 groups from nine states, 3,000 students and leaders. We saw 650 professions of faith, 300 commitments to serve in ministry, and we raised $25,000 to support missionaries overseas. That means we took up $25,000 from teenagers and from student leaders to support people in overseas missions. These things are amazing, and I'm not usually a numbers person, but I think unless I tell you some of the numbers of what we've done, you don't quite understand the scope of what we do every summer. Each day of camp, we have two services, which include times of worship through praise and preaching. The messages are always so inspiring. So this year, I'm creating an entire podcast season so that you can hear some of the messages, which I know will encourage you. And when you find them inspiring, I want to ask you to do two things. First, share these podcasts with your friends, family, and people who you think will benefit. Secondly, we have our annual winter conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee for students where you can hear many of the same speakers from this podcast season. The dates this year are January 14 through 17, 2022. So if you're a youth leader, a student, or even a parent with teenagers, we would love to have you. You can sign up today at crossroadswinterconference.com. And if you mention Overcoming Monday when you register, you'll receive a special gift. Also, if you're interested in having Clayton or Marquise or Jacob or me come and speak at your church or event, you can visit clayton.king.com forward slash speakers and fill out our speaker request form. That's clayton.king.com forward slash speakers. So enough with all the information. Now let's get to the podcast. Taylor and her husband, Josh, are on staff at New Spring Church in Anderson, South Carolina. They moved here from Australia a few years ago and just had their first baby boy. In this message, Taylor shares some practical truth about the person of the Holy Spirit and how we can know God through a friendship with the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be afraid of the Spirit or confused by the Spirit. He can actually become our best friend. Some of the scriptures she used were from John 14 and 16, as well as 2 Corinthians 12 and Hebrews 4. So let's get started. Crossroads Summer Camp, are you ready? Okay, are you ready? Yes! Final morning. Hey, before we do anything else, I just want to say, I don't know if you got two minutes of sleep last night. I don't know if you got two hours of sleep last night when I walked in. I think I saw some people lying down, maybe trying to catch up on some sleep. Um, But I know that you are awake and you are ready, right? And I just want to challenge all of us. Would we believe that God has still got something for us on the final day? I know that we have seen miracles. I've heard about it. Clayton was telling me back there, we've seen life change. We've seen salvation. But would we dare to believe this morning that God, the God of the universe wants to speak to us again? 
We wanna see miracles again. We wanna see life change again. So that's my challenge to you. That's my challenge to me. And I just wanna take a moment and I don't wanna thank Clayton and Shari. Can we give it up for them? Incredible. I just wanna honour, I can see you, Clayton. I just wanna honour you and, and what you have done to create a space, an atmosphere for young people to encounter God and it is not normal. And I just wanna thank you for trusting me this morning. But like Clayton said, my name is Taylor. Um, I sound a little bit different. I'm not from around here. I am from Australia. Um, seven years ago, my, no, not seven years ago, four years ago, my husband and I, we've been married for seven years, um, moved here. And it's been, a, it's been a journey of faith. It's been an adventure. But I like to think any room that I get to be part of, any space um, like this, that we're family, right? So can we skip the small talk and the introductions and can we just be family this morning? Okay, now, because we're family, I wanna hear your best Australian accent. Do you think you could do it? Crikey, mate, that was pretty good. What do we got? We got a g'day somewhere? G'day, mate. Can anybody give me a no? Okay, I'll probably give that a seven out of 10. We can work on it. We've got the whole message to work on it. But um, I wanna introduce you to my family. So I said, I've been married to a guy named Josh. He's amazing. We've been married for seven years. And a year ago, we had our first baby boy. Now, I might be biased, but I think he, yes, I think he is the cutest kid ever. His name is Elijah Mark Bull. And yes, his shoes are on the wrong feet. Don't judge me. That's what you call mum brain trying to get out the door and get to church on time. But he's amazing and he's absolutely changed our life forever. I'm obsessed with him. But something that I was praying about was this morning. And I knew that we would be gathered together and there'd be churches from all over. And I don't know where you have come from, but I know it's not an accident that you're here this morning because I believe that God is something specific He wants to say. And as I was praying, and as I was asking God, what would you have me share? What, what would it look like for us to talk about anything in the world this morning? I felt impressed on my heart to talk about the Holy Spirit, to talk about the Holy Spirit being the best friend we could ever have. And if you're writing notes, the title of my message is called, I've got a best friend. Can you say with me, Crossroads, I've got a best friend. Amazing, I've got a best friend. Now you might be thinking, Taylor, the Holy Spirit, who is he? My best friend, that, that kind of seems a little crazy. And maybe for you, the Holy Spirit seems a little, a little wild. Maybe it feels like, maybe it's this, you know, he's a magical force that comes in and comes out. Maybe he's a little crazy. Maybe you've known someone who's known someone who's known someone who's had this encounter that seemed a little weird. Maybe you've never heard of him at all. Maybe, you know, for you, God the Father, yes. God the Son, Christ Jesus, yes, that makes sense. But the Holy Spirit, oh, that just seems a little tricky. That just seems a little complicated. Well, this morning, I wanna encourage us. We're gonna dive in and we're gonna see what the Bible has to say about why the Holy Spirit can be our best friend. And maybe for some people in this room for you, you and the Holy Spirit, you're already best friends. 
you know, you are tighter than tight. Like this is your person. Like you just feel like you are in lockstep. I want to encourage you that I feel like like any friendship, there's more to experience. There's a deeper revelation. So I'd encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit, what would he teach you this morning? What does he want to reveal about himself? What does he want to reveal about Jesus to you this morning? Does that sound good? All right, well, we're going to jump right in. How does that sound? You ready? You ready? Can you say, I've got a best friend? Yes, we do. Okay, so we find ourselves looking in the Bible because that is where we want to look to find any sort of truth. So that we are going to be some spending some time looking at what God, what Jesus says about His time on earth and about the Holy Spirit. So we find ourselves in John. Jesus is hanging out with His disciples. So basically, Jesus has got these 12 dudes that He is rolling with. So if we're talking about best friends, right, these are the best friends of Jesus. They've done everything together. They've eaten together, they've slept together, they've seen each other's, you know, morning hair, probably smelt each other's morning breath. They have rolled deep together and they are a crew. They've seen miracles, they've seen life change, they've seen sorrow, they've seen death, they've experienced grief together. They are the best friends. And Jesus is saying, okay, guys, I've got something to tell you. And Jesus is about to drop a little bit of a bomb on them, but not only was Jesus talking to them, I believe that Jesus is talking to us this morning the exact same thing. So let's see what Jesus says. We find ourselves in John 14 verse 15. We're going to have it on the screen as well, but it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus goes on to say in John 14, 25 to 26, he says, we're gonna have it on the screen. It's gonna say, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. So Jesus is saying, I'm saying these things while I'm still with you. So I, Jesus, am in the flesh. I'm saying these things. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Then Jesus goes on to say in the same conversations with his disciples, he goes on to say, so let me say it again. Who knows it's pretty serious when somebody says, so let me say it again. We find Jesus standing and he says, so let me say it again, this truth. It is better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I will send him to you. So here we find ourselves, Jesus. He's had these best friends they have seen him do every part of his life. And now Jesus is saying, I have got something better. I have got something greater. If I don't go, you won't get this. So I have to go to the Father, but he will send the Holy Spirit and he will dwell inside of you and he will be your friend. Isn't that wild? 
If I were the disciples, I would say, Jesus, don't go. You've fed me. You've clothed me. I've watched you. You are God in the flesh. Nothing could be better. But Jesus drops a bomb and he says, I've got something better. I've got something that the world needs, that you need, that you cannot have unless I go to the Father. And that is the Holy Spirit. Because the wild thing is, Jesus could stand with his disciples and he could minister and they could travel. But God knew that there would come a day and an age where we would need the Spirit of God dwelling inside of us as Christians everywhere we went. And that is the Holy Spirit. And we have access to Him because God the Father has gifted it Him to us. Now, isn't it crazy that we can have God as a best friend? Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, you are my best friend. And I thank you for what you were doing in this place. I thank you that Jesus died. You died on a cross so we could have eternal life with you. But you have never left us. You have never forsaken us. So right now we hold on to the promise to understand what an everyday friendship looks like with you. Would you help open our eyes, God? Would you reveal yourself to us? Would you make yourself known? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so Jesus says this, and we know we've been offered a friend. But what is a best friend? Who here's got a best friend? Who here has made a friend this camp? Can you point to your friend that you've made this camp? Yeah, yeah. All right, I see, my, I see my guy there. He's literally pointing to the whole room. He's like, all of these guys are now my best friends. But the truth is we were designed to live in friendship, right? We were designed to live in relationship. There is a deep sense in all of us that craves friendship, that craves relationships. We weren't meant to do any of it alone. But I think sometimes we can have a warped view of what a true, good, godly friend looks like. So I want to read a couple of things of how the Bible describes friendship. The Bible says a true friend sticks closer than a brother. The Bible says, says that friends sharpen each other, just like iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another. The Bible says that friends forgive over and over and over and over again. It says that friends speak truth. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. And then in John 15, it says, Jesus calls his disciples his friends. He says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. No greater love has no one than this, than he who would lay down his life for a friend. Now, who knows there's a difference between an acquaintance and a best friend? Do you know what I'm talking about? An acquaintance is maybe somebody that you've met and you kind of know and maybe you're like a little awkward around them and then you've got your best, best, best friends. You know what I'm saying? The type of friends that you arrive at their house, you open the door and you say, what's cooking? You know, you're opening up that fridge, you're taking those leftovers that you probably shouldn't eat and you're eating it. Your shoes are on the couch and you are at home because you have a best, best friend. What if I told you 
that the Holy Spirit wants to be that. He doesn't want to have an awkward, you kind of have heard about him, you kind of know him, but you're not quite comfortable to take your shoes off in front of him. Or you're not quite comfortable to ask him for everything that you know that is on offer. What if I told you that God himself was dwelling inside you and wants to know you and wants you to know him better than any other friend? So what does that mean? We know that Jesus has promised us the Holy Spirit. We know that He's put it on offer and said, it is available, it is better for you to have the Holy Spirit. But what does it practically mean? We know what a friend looks like. We know what a best, 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 best friend looks like. But what does that mean? So when you describe your friends, you can probably think of a hundred words to describe them, right? Who here would like to say they have a loyal friend? Yes. Who here would like to say they have a generous friend? Who would like to say they have a crazy friend? Oh my gosh, all the hands went up there. If you are sitting next to that person, point to them and say, you're my crazy friend. Amazing. So the way, you guys need to get over this crazy friend. You need to talk after the gathering about this. But the way that I want to talk about the Holy Spirit available to you is through this lens of the Holy Spirit, my best friend, is a help. He helps me. He helps us. He helps guide us. He helps strengthen us. And He helps comfort us. Let's start with the Holy Spirit helps guide us. I don't know about you, but I need a GPS. When I'm getting in the car, something I was not blessed with was a good sense of direction. I blame my dad for it, I've gotten over it, and I've accepted my reality. I cannot get in the car, and you know when somebody's like, just turn a left, turn a right, and you'll see it. No, I need Siri to tell me exactly where to go, what turn to take, and how to get there. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit helps direct us where we need to go. The Holy Spirit directs us back to Jesus. The Holy Spirit reminds us of who we are in Christ. It says in the Bible, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our righteousness. Our righteousness, not to do with our own works, not to do with us jumping through hoops, but everything that Jesus Christ has afforded for us on the cross. So it sounds like the Holy Spirit is an encouragement. It sounds like the Holy Spirit is gonna give you truth. It sounds like the Holy Spirit is gonna point you in the direction that we can go. The Holy Spirit reminds us of Jesus and He cares about where we're going. The Holy Spirit is not far off. The Holy Spirit is a person, He is God and He dwells inside of you and He cares about the decisions you're making. He cares about what college you're going to. He cares about who you're gonna date. Did I just say that? I remember being 17 years old and wondering and asking the Holy Spirit, do I date this six foot six guy with curly hair named Josh? And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit cares. He wants you to ask Him. He wants you to engage with Him. He wants to be part of every single detail of your life. And you can ask Him and you can trust Him. His voice is kind. 
His voice is loving and his voice sounds exactly like you would find in the Bible. It will always line up with scripture. He, he makes himself known by peace. There's so many ways that the Holy Spirit can talk to us and it looks different for every person. The Holy Spirit helps strengthen us. Can you say strengthen? Strengthen. We have a friend that has our back. I'm not talking about a friend that is distant. I'm not talking about a friend that is only there in the good times. I'm talking about when you need a friend that can offer power to you, his name is the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, when you need a friend who can pull through and help you do things that you could never do by yourself, his name is the Holy Spirit. Has anybody in here got your license? Okay, we got a fair crew. All right, I have another question. Maybe you don't have your license, but I want you to answer this in what you think you'll be like when you have your license, okay? I wanna ask, there's two types of people in the world, right? You've got type one, you like to risk it. You wanna see that, like you already know what I'm talking about. You wanna see that line hit empty on your car and you wanna see how far you can push it. And then you've got the second type of person, right? That line hits anywhere past full and you're finding the nearest gas station and you're repumping. You're maybe repumping five times a day because you would not dare let it go a tiny bit past full. If you're group number one, raise your hand. If you're group number two, raise your hand. All right, pretty even. Group number one, you are my people. Yes. But group number one, learn from my mistake. I have found myself in very sticky situations where I've risked a little bit too far. I found myself running out of gas on the side of the road. I have found myself running out of gas at a friend's house. The worst of it all is I found myself running out of gas in my own driveway, on my own driveway. But I'm telling you, in moments like that, do you know what I don't need? I do not need a friend to come join me who also doesn't have gas in their tank. I need a friend that is gonna join me that has gallons and gallons of gas and is ready to refuel my car and refuel me so I can go to where I need to go. And that is the Holy Spirit. He is powerful, He is wise, He is kind, and He wants to empower you to do things that you could never do by yourself. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit works in our weakness. It says in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, but He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Hold up. We're saying that the God of the universe is saying his power is made perfect in our weakness. So I just want to shatter any lie that the enemy might try and convince us that we are too weak, that we are not good enough, that we are not strong enough. And I wanna be able to say, that's exactly where we need to be for God to be able to work. That's exactly where we need to be for the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. And His power, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ might rest upon me. In John 14 verse 12, it says, very, very truly I tell you, 
Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. This is Jesus speaking. The very works I've been doing. We know Jesus performed miracles, blind eyes open, people raised from the dead. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And what happened when Jesus went to the Father, the Holy Spirit came so you could be empowered to do exactly what God put you on this earth to do wherever you find yourself. Lastly, the Holy Spirit helps comfort. The Holy Spirit helps comfort. I'm never alone because I have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me. I'm never alone because I have a best friend in God. I'm never alone because Jesus made a way for me to have relationship with God the Father because He died on a cross for my sins. I am never, ever alone. Over and over, the Bible tells us that He will never leave us or forsake us. Over and over, the Bible tells us that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love that in Psalm 34, verse 18, it says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He comforts in trauma. He comforts in grief. He comforts us when we need it and nobody else is around. And He comforts us when maybe we don't even realise that we need comfort. He's closer than our breath. And He's our best friend. And as I was praying and preparing and asking God, God, what would you have me say? And I felt like, you know, there are a hundred things you could say. The Bible is full of incredible passages of Scripture and we can learn so much. I felt like God reminded me of what I feel like has been my journey over the past year. And I felt like God reminded me of what I have been known truer than true over the past 12 months of my life. And that is the testimony that the Holy Spirit is my best friend. Because the reality is He's here in this room. He is, but are we aware of Him? And I got to introduce you to my little guy. He was up there. His name is Eli. And I gave birth to him in May. So he just turned one. We had an amazing birthday party. You know, those epic balloon arches. You better believe I went all out. There was a giraffe with a party hat. I mean, it was epic. But I remember... Um, holding on to a promise. A little while before um, we got pregnant, my husband's mum tragically passed away out of the blue. We had no idea it was coming. She was 48, she was healthy, she was fit. She just didn't wake up one morning. And it entered into the season of having to trust God when nothing else made sense when we found ourselves in grief, when we found ourselves feeling lonely, when we found ourselves on a flight back to Australia with our world spinning and falling apart, I learned then that the Holy Spirit was my friend. And then we felt like God gave us a promise that there would be life out of death, that we would get to see the miraculous in a new life being born into our family. And so fast forward and, and we get pregnant and we're expecting the first our first child, our son, Elijah. And I have all these grand plans. 
my family's gonna come to America, Josh's family's gonna come to America. It's gonna be so wonderful. We're gonna travel, we're gonna do these incredible things. I take this really long maternity leave because I'm gonna go back to Australia. We're gonna hang out there. I've got it planned in my head. I like to be a bit of a planner. I wanna know what to look forward to. So I have my sights set. So pregnancy gets a bit uncomfortable, but my sight is set. Like I am holding on to the joy that I believe is awaiting me. And then March happens. And you don't need me to tell you what happens in March. I already see some of you nodding, coronavirus. And you don't need me to explain it because we've all lived in a world of coronavirus in some way, shape or form. But slowly but surely, every dream that I felt like I had, felt like it was slowly getting taken away. I remember I was about a week before giving birth and my mom was about to be flying in. And she called me and said, with tears in her, her voice, I can't be there because the Australian borders are closed. I can't be there because nobody is leaving Australia at the moment. And then I found myself thinking, it's okay, it's okay. The world will open back up. My doctor's telling me, you know, there's the possibility that maybe nobody will be in the room when you give birth. And there definitely won't be any visitors. And I don't know what you're gonna do for help because nobody can really come in because your newborn will be very vulnerable. And I remember thinking, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay because it will pass over. It will be a few weeks and then everything I imagined will come true. And then a few weeks passed and, and nothing changed. And I found myself giving birth to our miracle child and feeling overwhelmed with joy and gratitude and just feeling the presence of God in the room but at the same time wondering and asking God why I felt so lonely and why I felt like what I had been believing for and a promise for of my family, of help, of these dreams suddenly weren't taking place like I thought. And then we find ourselves at home and things are going okay and we can power through. And if you have a little brother or a sister, you'll know that babies like to cry at night. They like to get up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. and they need to be fed and they need to be changed and they need to be burped. And I remember there was a little season um, where Eli thought it would be fun to party at 4 a.m. every night. It was like clockwork. Uh, my body started waking up and it would be 3.59 and just like that I would hear Eli's cry. And I remember it was in those moments when nobody else was around I had nobody to talk to because everybody was asleep that I found myself in Eli's room feeling lonelier and lonelier. And I found myself every morning at 4 a.m. crying out to God to fill a void in my heart that I knew only He could. And it was one particular morning I felt the Holy Spirit whisper on my heart, if you let me, I will meet you every morning at 4 a.m. If you let me, I will take what you have known in your head to be true in your heart and I will be the best friend that you have ever had. You might physically not have anybody in the room at 4 a.m. You might not have your family here. You might have no sense of hope to even get to them, but I will be closer than a brother and I will be closer than your breath. And I found myself on the floor asking the Holy Spirit to meet me, 
to guide me, to strengthen me. I ask the Holy Spirit to meet me in a way that no other earthly friendship could. I asked Him to help me make decisions. I asked Him to point me to Jesus and He did all of that and more. And I wanna stand here and I wanna testify just like God met me in my son's bedroom on the floor at 4 a.m. He is a God that wants to meet you right here, right now. He is a God that wants to meet you when you go back to wherever you've come from. He is a God that wants to meet you when you've gotta make a decision. He is the God that wants to be closer than a friend. He wants to be your best friend. Can you say, I've got a best friend? Can you say, I've got a best friend? This morning, we have a best friend. We've got a best friend. He's here in the room. We've got a best friend. And honestly, you might be thinking, who is this crazy Australian? I don't like her because she's talking about friends and maybe I don't have a friend. I wanna tell you, you've got a best friend. Maybe you're thinking, who's this crazy Australian? I've heard the Holy Spirit's crazy and weird and there's no way He would dwell inside me. I wanna tell you, you've got a best friend. Maybe you're thinking, who's this crazy Australian? Surely God of the universe is not interested in who I would date or where I would go to college. He is and you've got a best friend. So like any friendship, it takes time. It takes the opportunity to talk. It takes a moment of relationship. When we moved here four years ago, we didn't know barely anyone, but now I sit with some of my best friends in the world because we've had time together. So it might start out a little bit bizarre. It might feel like you're putting yourself out there and asking the Holy Spirit to help you. But I want to encourage you, He will. What does He sound like? He sounds like the Word of God. He sounds like peace that doesn't make sense. He sounds like joy. He will remind us of the words of Jesus. Maybe it's a scripture that He illuminates and you feel a little tug in your heart. The Holy Spirit speaks so differently, but I do know He wants to speak to all of us. So as I was thinking and praying, I felt like the Holy Spirit say, why don't we just meet with me? We've been doing it all camp long, but why don't we take some time right now to ask the Holy Spirit to help? Why don't we take some time right now to just talk to Him like He's our best friend? And the word that we're coming around is the fact that He is a help. He's a help to guide. He's a help to strengthen. He's a help to comfort. So we're going to take two minutes, camp. And I want us, myself included, to ask the Holy Spirit to help. Maybe you don't know where you're going to college and you need God to make it clear. Maybe you've told nobody on planet earth what home is really like. And today you're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Maybe you're scared. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help comfort you. You can write real things because He is a real person and He wants to meet you for real. So if you've got a journal, I want you to pull it out. If you've got a phone with a note app, I want you to put, take it out. 
And I want you to write some things that you want God to help you with. And I want you to ask Him to help you just like He's your best friend because He is. The cool thing about a best friend is we've got access to friendship with God all the time. So it doesn't stop here, it continues. And maybe you didn't feel like you could talk. I wanna encourage you that He is a God of the everyday, every moment. We've got the rest of camp and even when you go home to practice this exercise of chatting with the Holy Spirit, but I wanna read something as a reminder. It's in Hebrews 4 verse 15 and it says, for we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathise with our weakness, but we we have one who is tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us therefore approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And that is what we're doing Crossroads. We are approaching the throne of grace with confidence, knowing that we have a God who cares and a God who knows. So what do we have? Whose best friend is He? Yes, we've got a best friend and He's crazy about us. So I wanna encourage you, keep the friendship going. He wants to guide, He wants to strengthen, He wants to comfort. And Jesus said it would be better for us to have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. So can we pray together as we finish up? Holy Spirit, thank You that You are here. Thank You that there is no shame 
and condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So thank You that we can come boldly to Your throne of grace and we can ask for help and we can proclaim Your friendship as true and real and closer than our breath. So I thank You that You were revealing Yourself to us. Thank You that You were reminding us that You love us, that You're for us, that You're so proud of us. I thank You that You're speaking to us and You will continue to speak to us because we've got a best friend. Amen. Well, I hope today's podcast gave you some little secrets for your big breakthrough. If you are inspired and encouraged by this message, don't forget to check out our Crossroads Winter Conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee in January 2022. You can find information about this event on our Clayton King Ministries website. Also, our speakers would love to be a part of your next event or speak at your church. You can request a speaker on claytonkinglive.com forward slash speakers. That's claytonkinglive.com forward slash speakers. And finally, please let us know how this podcast has impacted you on our Overcoming Monday Instagram account. You can send me a DM or leave a comment. Thanks for listening. I hope I've given you something to overcome your Monday.